I think of when Jesus' involvement with his disciples, like almost immediately when you're reading, it's like they're bumbling idiots and they're learning from him these new truths. But then suddenly, all of a sudden it says, and then Jesus sends them out on their own missionary journeys with nothing but like the shoes on their feet. And it's like, and you're reading along, you're like, they're not ready yet. They're not ready. They're going to blow it. It's like, of course they're not ready. Of course they're going to blow it. The only way to get ready <laughs> is to uh, go out there and do it. Yeah, and, and, a person and he knew could, that. A person could say, well, if anybody was ready, at least with the head part, it would have been the Pharisees. They was whacked out of their mind. Yeah. Another episode of BS Faith. You know what? Bumper sticker faith. My name is Lewis Dooley. This is my brother Sam Key. What's up, brother? How you doing? Good morning. I'm good morning. Doing, doing good. It is a good morning. We it seemed like we've been here two we've hours been here already. A while, yeah. Yeah, well, you was here before me. We trying to get some like microphone audio stuff. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and you <laughs> are an audio engineer or you yeah. know an audio engineer, man, holler us, let us know what's up, because we could use you. Yeah. We were yeah, we were here a while. We're trying to get another mic set up for guests that that we want to have come on the show. And I don't know, I don't even know if we sound good right now. Yeah, and if you if you want to be a guest, like it only costs a thousand dollars to come <laughs> yeah. be on. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just playing. If for real, if you want to be a guest and you're local, like we love to have a conversation with you and potentially say, hey, let's do this thing. So yeah. hit us up, let us know. Yeah, today is episode forty six. 46. Can you believe We that? need to have like a party when we hit 50. Yeah. Let's 52. see. That'll be like in December. Yeah. Yeah. It should be by the end of the year. Yeah. We haven't been quite going for quite a year. Almost. That's a lot Our of weekly episode. releases. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Hump been day. Diligent. I mean bump day. Bump day. That's right. We bumping it up. Yeah. We haven't missed one yet. No. We ain't missed one. By the grace of God, we haven't. So today. Everyone probably thinks we should miss a few. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They probably think that and maybe a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> But today we're talking about, in my opinion, the most important thing that a Christian can do. Well, mm-hmm. maybe the most important thing is to like worship God and then maybe fight sin. So mm-hmm. maybe this is the third most important but thing it's we should do. Part of it, right? I think it is. Y'all know what we're talking about, right? It starts with a D. Discipleship. Yeah, discipleship. Yeah, so when I hear the word, well, well, let me ask you, when you hear the word discipleship, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Hmm. I think of walking around following Jesus. Okay, all right. Like, yeah, that's what Like a little puppy did. following Jesus? Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> like, or maybe the ducks, the series <laughs> the duck, of ducks. The ducks. Oh, man, Have you ever seen great. little ducklings following their mom? They are so cute. Or geese. Yeah, or even geese. geese. Geese grow up and they become so annoying. Oh, no, but they're When cute. they're little. They're cute, man. They're so cute. They're so I just want to be that little goosey geese yeah. following uh, Mama Jesus. Mama Duck. Uh, Daddy Jesus. We're going to say because Jesus was a man. Yeah. He wasn't a female. Anyway, so discipleship. When I hear discipleship, I think about following Jesus, but I think about 
learning that's the first word that comes to my mind is learning mm-hmm. and so learning and following yeah are the two important concepts right like yeah. you can't follow something if you're not learning and if mm-hmm. you learn it and don't follow then you're really not discipleship because yeah. we're supposed to put it in practice as so, you like to say they're like peanut butter and jelly peanut butter and jelly man they're each good by themselves but they make magic when you put yeah. them together especially if it's on white bread <laughs> if you use wheat that's the only other bread I eat is wheat, really. Yeah. But if you put it on French bread, no bueno. Put it on rye, I can't stand rye. Pumpernickel, I don't even know Why what that is. Why would you do that? I don't know, but that's why I'm saying white, bread, regular old white bread. When we first got married, not you and I, but, oh, my, <laughs> but my wife and I, uh, a mere 24 years ago, something like that, I was all about the white bread, but she's... Was all about the wheat bread, the wheat, yeah. And so we made a compromise, and it was one week we'd buy white, next week we'd buy wheat. Wow! And we, we did that way for the first not very long of our marriage, <laughs> because eventually, <laughs> since she did all the shopping, you know, it was all me. wheat all the time. So now it's all wheat all the time, and I'm I, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Peanut butter tastes good on wheat bread as well. It so. does, but it's better on white bread, and it's good on. Them Keebler Club crackers, too. Oh, of course. Or like the high holes or the Ritz, the round ones. Or if you make brownies and then you put peanut butter on the brownies. Yeah. It seems weird. Try it. I have had that before. It's cool. Yeah. But I like. Like I when li- you're desperate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like peanut butter on honey buns. Okay. Yeah. You put some peanut butter and some grape jelly on the honey bun with an ice so cream. So discipleship. This part of discipleship, right, is like teaching people the good things to yeah, eat. Yeah. That's true. But you have to do it to become a true uh peanut butter and jelly disciple yes right? yes that's true too but so. i like what you said said they they have they they have to go together and i would say even more than peanut butter and jelly like yep. y- you have to put into practice the things um, that you learn as i was thinking about this this morning i came across a verse first timothy 1 5 which captures kind of a heart of discipleship and it says the aim of our charge so paul's saying the aim of our charge is love So that's like the overall thing. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So it's like trying to capture the whole person, the heart, the conscience, the faith, and in order to bind those things together to love. So I like that. That's good. That's a good verse. So what else are you thinking with discipleship, like about what it is? I mean, so a, a phrase that I use synonymously with discipleship is life on life. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it up. I learned it from some brothers from the from the city of Chicago and the things that they do with discipleship. And when I heard it, I was like, wow, man, I love that. So I I, I, bought, I borrowed it. I don't steal no mm-hmm. more. I just borrow. You know, because when you borrow, we'll give you it give back. it back. Yeah, yeah, but when you steal it, like, you can give it back, but there might be some repercussions. And so I borrowed it, and I, and I think it, for me, it captures the essence of discipleship. It's taking a person like Jesus did and asking them to join you on a journey of them modeling and teaching what it looks like to follow God. Mm-hmm. And in, in Jesus's case, there was no good, bad and ugly. It was only good. Mm-hmm. And in our case, our discipleship, if it's like unadulterated, true and pure discipleship, is not just sharing truths of the Bible. It's not just helping a person with their relationships and so on and so mm-hmm. forth, but it's also opening up your life of failure. Mm-hmm. 
because it's kind of like I learned in sales. There's this technique of opening your kimono, mm-hmm. you know, but you got clothes on underneath. Yeah. But you open your kimono and that's like signifying like I'm giving you all of me, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not hiding anything. I'm showing you my most innermost, darkest places mm-hmm. so that we can establish a good relationship. And I mm-hmm. think um, I think that matters because when I've been in situations with people, when I was learning from them. When they didn't really open up and it was just all like biblical stuff. Like I learned biblical stuff, Mm -hmm. but it didn't help me as much as the people in my life that really opened up their life to where I can see their failures, like in their relationships, Mm -hmm. mainly their marriage, financial failures, Mm -hmm. failures with their children. Because one, it helped me learn not to make the same foolish Mm -hmm. mistakes they made, but then also got to hear how they rebounded Mm -hmm. and how they maybe fixed and repaired things. And to me, that's what discipleship yeah. is, is, is spending X amount of time with an individual, learning and growing in love mm-hmm. for them and vice versa and doing life mm-hmm. together. You get to see their struggle, too, like in real time. Like I'm thinking of the disciples, even though they are falling asleep, but <laughs> watching Jesus in the garden, mm-hmm. uh, struggling in prayer, wrestling like that. What a what a lesson that was. Yeah. You know, imagine them. The disciples down the road a couple of years, uh, recalling that event with how much Jesus struggled and wrestled mm-hmm. with his calling yep. to, do, to do God's will, and they thought probably thought back to that. And yeah, I know I learned so much from a few individuals in my life watching their interaction with other people, mm-hmm. and that's that's how disciples oh, yeah. were with Jesus, right? Yeah. Like, like we only have a portion of um, what interaction took place biblically right Mm -hmm. we don't have every conversation Mm -hmm. you know to its extent but we can see how jesus talked to and interacted with other people and the disciples had to be like you know dry sponges in a sense you know where they're seeing oh this is how jesus dealt with the pharisees Mm -hmm. this is how he dealt with people who were demon possessed Mm -hmm. this is how he dealt with people who had physical ailment this is how he dealt with people who doubted who he said he was you know and it's like they can learn because no doubt they're going to be dealing with these same types of people just put that in today's culture but just substitute some of those words maybe (laughs) like yeah maybe right (laughs) because the the context that we live in today if if you don't think that there's issues out there kind of worse than ever before then there's something wrong because like maybe some of the same issues have been in our world but now now they're starting to like uh now they're starting to like bear fruit and Mm -hmm. uh we we see that so uh it I think this calling to discipleship is probably what the church like needs almost the most right now as we're dealing with this world that is wanting to um, um, redefine reality for us and say that there is no uh, that there's not a bedrock of truth and that that life is just malleable and up for you to decide. Um, there's a a public intellectual, his name is um, Aaron Wren, and dude's really smart. <laughs> but Aaron Wren, there's a series of lectures called um, the Negative World mm-hmm. series. There's like three or four or five of them, but people can look this up. And I have a guest in mind that I want to come on to talk about the negative world. But he paints this picture of life today as a negative world where you had in years past you had a positive world a neutral world and then a negative world and this is all like the world's stance toward christianity itself okay okay so way back when in the height of the positive world up 
to the like the 50s if you came out and said like if you're a politician like hey i'm a christian everyone would say that's great that's actually an asset to you running for office because it shows that you're a good moral family kind of guy right that's a positive world then we went in to the neutral world uh, around times of like uh, the early 90s and that where you know you mentioning you're a christian's neither good nor bad it's just kind of your thing you're doing what you want everyone else does what they want what they want just kind of don't interfere too much but now since like the teens 2014 and onward we live in a negative world where if you actually say that you're a christian nobody likes that Mm -hmm. you get canceled and so how are we going to survive as christians in this negative world and discipleship has to be a key component like you pointed out they got to see how jesus interacted with all the fiery darts of his world and uh we need to be able to see that too you know like i'm just thinking now as i was on my way over here i had to call my bank and talk to them about some issues i was having you know and if there would have been somebody in the car with me there's a chance my attitude might have been a lot better and i might have been a little more loving in the things i was saying and I just kept hearing, the, like, feeling the Holy Spirit, like, impress upon me, like, show love, be gracious, mm-hmm. be merciful, you know. And it was just like, wow, like, I was so thankful to have that happen, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, whether it helped or not is one thing, but the fact that it happened, it, it definitely helped, you know. And it's like, it makes me think, like, like discipleship life on life. I mean, we live in a busy world, Sam. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where people have families and all kind of stuff. And so for me, what I have come up with, and again, I almost feel like I've never had an original thought. Because every time I think I thought of something nobody has, I find out it's been thought of. And so I probably read this or heard this somewhere. In fact, I know I have. But like because things are so busy, try to incorporate your discipleship into the pre-existing schedule. Yours and the person or people that you want to disciple. In other words, if I go grocery shopping, invite the person that I'm going to spend time mm-hmm. with to go to the grocery store with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so we line yeah. schedules up when we can do that. And so I'm knocking off a task mm-hmm. that I need to do for my family. Yeah. But I'm also like, as I'm shopping, you know, maybe we talk about scripture. Mm-hmm. Maybe we talk about some other topic that we've been talking about or something new. Or maybe we just talk about how we budget mm-hmm. our money for groceries. Yeah. You almost need the task in order to do discipleship the right way. I mean, that's what Jesus did. Follow me. Yeah. Right? They they walked around. They did things. Yeah. 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 There was never like a... Well, he sat down and taught them. Yeah. So he talked He was tired (laughs) walking around so much. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. I think both things happen. Yeah. But I I think that a lot of times a task opens a door to where it makes it easier because you can literally do the thing that you're going to be talking about. Yeah. You know, so like inviting the person over to your house for dinner and you're in, I mean, there's been countless times that people, I've, we've been to somebody's house or somebody's been in my mm-hmm. house and I'm saying something and my wife's like, like kicking me under the table, like shut up or you know what I mean? And then I'm like, why are you kicking me under the table? I know why, but I'm just like busting her out. Yeah. Right. As, and then she gets mad and is like, that's real life. 
Yeah. You know, if we was by ourselves, she would have just said something to me. She wouldn't be kicking me under the table. <laughs> what about like a sports team? Okay, there's there's a time and place to learn learn the rules of sports. There's a time and place to sit down with the video and you know watch yourself and how bad you did. Yeah, yeah. but. You can't just stay in your at your desk and learn about it. You, you actually have to go out and practice. Yeah, yeah. Do the football. Yeah. Do the yeah, wrestling. No, do you're whatever. Right. Like it's it's you can't divorce the two from each other. Yeah. So I just know that you know it could be difficult for people. And if you're listening or watching and you're thinking, man, how I don't have time for this, man, be creative. Yeah. You know, maybe it's even as I'm driving. You know, if so, one. I would say, don't try to disciple someone without them knowing. <laughs> I, hey, I've tried it. Is that called? And I know other people who've tried it. And I've had people try it on me. Okay. <laughs> so I know what that looks like on many different yeah. fronts. It doesn't usually go well. Yeah. Like, you need to be transparent. And, and just that word, like, I would say, don't go to a person and say, hey, can I disciple you? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, pride can get in the way of that, you know, because somebody's done that with me before, and in my flesh, I just instantly kind of tensed up Mm -hmm. and was like, you know, and then the person that was asking me, it was like, I I think it needs to be like the other way around. (laughs) I mean, I was like 38, this dude was like 22, and so it was like he heard something at church and got all excited, and he's like, man, can I disciple you? And it's like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like let me talk let's talk about that put your zipper up first and then we'll <laughs> yeah you know so i i would say mm. the way i approach situations like this is is you know it doesn't have to be necessarily a new believer i think it just needs to be a person who you see in their life um some areas that you can maybe help impart mm-hmm. some wisdom that you've learned in it could be a peer you know, and I would also oh, say yeah. discipleship doesn't have to be an overall thing. Like you're taking a new Christian and walking them mm-hmm. through every step of the Christian faith. It could be somebody that actually mm-hmm. has been a Christian as long as you and mm-hmm. more mature than you in certain areas. But you see a lack of maybe spiritual maturity in an mm-hmm. area. And maybe you just say, hey, like I kind of noticed maybe maybe, you know, mm-hmm. you need a little help in this area or maybe you like to grow more in this mm-hmm. area and by the grace of god i feel like mm-hmm. i've i've experienced a lot of stuff in this area and i've grown man i would love to spend some time mm-hmm. with you and, and share with you some wins and some losses in my life in this area because mm-hmm. i think it can maybe be valuable to you it's like you're a gardener really i you you talk ca- talking about helping a person grow puts that garden image in my mind and like we're not discipleship isn't just there's a supernatural component to it, like something that God has done. And that is when you put your faith in Christ, you, you're trusting in Jesus, then he causes your heart to come alive in a way that it's never been before. Mm-hmm. Like before you're just living off the strength of your flesh, basically. And now suddenly, and your heart was like dead, yeah. but now suddenly your heart has come to life and the life of Christ is in you. And now it's like, how are we going to grow that life of Christ? You picture it as a seed, mm-hmm. right? And how are we going to cultivate it? What, how, what, what does the soil need? Um, how can we pull the weeds? Like, how can I help that grow? Mm-hmm. And we're wanting to come into people's lives, and we want people to come into our lives mm-hmm. to help that seed to grow uh, as well in the, in the best way that it can. It's a supernatural experience. It's not just a, a discipleship isn't just a works thing. 
it's not a works thing. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. So when I think about discipleship, I like whether I'm thinking about myself or discipling someone, which I admit, I confess that the past few years I haven't. I've just, I've been, I've needed a lot of help myself and I've been uh, being discipled by other people just because I needed to grow. So I've been out of touch with actually discipling people in a while. Um, But when I did, I kept in mind uh, four categories. And I know how you hate alliteration. Um, No, I hate. But these categories are uh, head, heart, hands, and home. So when I look at a person I, I, and I'm trying to disciple them, I think, okay, what, I want to focus on their head. I want to focus on their, on their heart. I want to focus on their hands. I want to focus on the home. None of these is more important than the other. I don't know which one happens first. They all happen at the same time, and they're all touching each other. But um, these are some categories that I have that maybe we could uh, kick around here. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're useful to, to people out there yep. as you're discipling to remember these categories. So first is the head. And that has to do with, in the way I'm thinking about knowledge mm-hmm. and your knowledge of um, your knowledge of the Bible and your knowledge of, of Christian doctrines and your um, just learning about the Christian faith and being able to live out there in this world and, and say, okay, this is good and this is evil Mm -hmm. like when it comes to like abortion for instance because we have this tide against us and it's pretty fierce and we may be duped at times or swallowed up by it Mm -hmm. into thinking the way that the world thinks but what is what does god think and we find what he thinks uh in his word so yeah i think that um one of the things we have to keep in mind again is like taking into consideration like just for the head like what this person knows already mm-hmm. it can be a person that knows more than we know that's true but putting it into practice you know may be the part they lack mm-hmm. in so there could be an instance where the head part is not as necessary as maybe yeah. the other three that you mentioned yeah, and that's yeah. where you kind of prayerfully or kind of like evaluating mm-hmm. the person you know mm-hmm. and the, the needs that you see they have yeah. based on what you know but let's just assume that this person doesn't have the sure. knowledge. Oh, yeah, yeah. So where does someone begin? Yeah, well, for me, um, you know, because um, Bible courses play such a big big role and had a big impact on my life. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's what I use. You know, it's, it's it makes things easy. And, you know, easy isn't always the best route to go. But I think in this instance, mm-hmm. um, faithful men have put together these courses to help mm-hmm. people learn and grow in Christ and so why reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. and me try to come up with something when something's been written that are at different levels for the person mm-hmm. that doesn't even know the Bible or who Jesus is all the way up into learning how um, to do hermeneutics mm-hmm. to study the Bible and then even to get into deeper prophetic books of the Bible mm-hmm. and learning how to interpret scripture and things of that nature and so um, that's what I use you mm-hmm. know I, I, the, I use Emmaus courses from Emmaus Worldwide and they have about a hundred courses mm-hmm. translating over a hundred different languages or over 80 different languages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's not going to be a shortage of, Oh, this guy is speaks Swahili. They got a mm-hmm. course in Swahili, mm-hmm. you know, that you can get access mm-hmm. to. And so, um, it's choosing the right level of course for where that person mm-hmm. is at. And so that's what I use, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And there are also other books I'm using, like uh, Christian Beliefs by Wayne Grudem is another mm-hmm. book I just got affiliated with, mm-hmm. which is a smaller version of 
Well, systematic theology is the big yeah. book. Then Bible the, doctrine. Bible doctrine is like the second it's book. the white one. Yeah, and then the little tiny yeah. one, the Christian it's beliefs. It's blue, I believe. Yeah, it's blue yeah. and white. Yeah, and so yeah. that's really good. That goes over a lot of basic things. And so, yep. like, now, since I've encountered that book, I'm like, you know what? I'm just I'm getting ready to order, like, 30 mm-hmm. copies of use in Cook County Jail mm-hmm. with those. So men. this, uh, for those who don't know, so you have Wayne Grudem. He's a... a Bible scholar, Mm -hmm. and he's written a big book called Systematic Theology, and that's basically what systematic theology is. It's taking the different themes out there and kind of seeing what the Bible has to say about each of those themes. Mm -hmm. So it talks about creation. Uh, he talks about like the Holy Spirit, yeah, angels justification, and demons, angels prayer, and time atonement. Atonement. So it just in this eight hundred and some page book, it's like that big. But then there's a mid-sized book called Bible Doctrine, which mm-hmm. is a smaller version. But then there's a, a even smaller version than that, which is still substantial. Yeah, it's like 160 pages. Yeah, but it takes those same issues and says, what does the Bible say mm-hmm. about these issues? And yep. it helps you to learn and grow. Yep, and it's great because I can see as, as you're using that book, <clears throat> if there's a chapter that a person really wants to know more about, then now you can pinpoint Mm. a time to really dive deeper in that one area Mm -hmm. you know so it's good you know it's introducing them to the basics of things and if they want to go deeper you know instead of just randomly picking something like hmm this person needs to know more about this yeah that's not the worst thing in the world yeah it's it's, but to have a system to me it works better for me yeah helps me because i'm not great at putting systems together and these days, there's all kinds of helpful resources out there. There's, yeah. um, if you want to listen to podcasts, in addition to ours. <laughs> yeah, there's bumper sticker. <laughs> there's fans. other podcasts out there. Did you know that? There are, man. Just a few. Just but a few. The gospel, uh, the gospel Project. The Bible Project. Is the Bible Project? Is yep, that the yep, name? Yeah. The Bible with the cartoon and stuff. Yeah, but they have a podcast, too, oh. uh, that releases weekly. And you, they're like hour-long episodes mm-hmm. where they they slowly move through the Bible, and you can learn a ton. Mm-hmm. For you know the the head knowledge for the for the head for the head aspect. Yeah, and it's easier to listen to. Yeah, and they break it down to. really simply. Um, otherwise, just like getting people <clears throat> in their Bibles, yeah. reading through, um, you know, start starting with Gospel of Mark, Gospel of John, mm-hmm. reading through. You know, it's slow or as fast as you need. But uh, um, when you're discipling someone, just making sure that they're uh, informing their their mind, their thoughts. Amen. It's kind of like the blueprint to a house. Like you need to know what the blueprint is before you build it. Yep. You just don't start throwing yeah, boards and yeah. nails around. Like yep. you need to know what the, you're aiming for. And the same is with this life, especially in this life, like I said, where they're, the, it's assumed that in life that reality is whatever you want it to be. But it's mm-hmm. like, no, God made reality a certain way. And we need to figure out what that blueprint is so we can line our lives properly and that's what that's what scriptures does for one of the things the danger though that i want to put a danger with each of uh mm-hmm. with, with each of these a caution the danger is to um focus too much on the head and not get into any of the other areas and uh, i think i've mm-hmm. been in there in my life and mm-hmm. i thought too. like oh i know all this i've read wayne grudem's big book from cover to cover yeah. and then some so i should be okay I've read the Bible every year for I don't know how many years, so I should be okay. And the dan- that's that's a huge danger. And so actually, uh, I came to a point to my life where I actually had to 
do the opposite and dial back. And I mm-hmm. said to myself, I don't recommend this for everyone, but if it's your issue, maybe you need to do it. I had to stop reading through the Bible every mm-hmm. year. I had to stop being so in, in, uh, intentional about uh, checking things off a list. That's part of the bumper sticker mm-hmm. uh, faith where you just think, oh, I'm good, I'm safe because I've read so <clears> much, because <throat> I know so much. And that's the danger of just exclu- exclusively focusing on the head and not these other areas. No, that's good. That's great. So, that's great. Another area, head, heart. Uh, the heart of a person. Mm-hmm. Are, are you getting in touch with that? Now, the heart of a person is who a person uh, is at their core. And the word core comes from the Latin core, which means heart. Mm. So the, the heart is a core of the person. Um, I love what Jesus says in Matthew twelve thirty five. He says, the good person out of his good treasure, and that's his heart, the treasure, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil mm. so how we're gonna how we're gonna get to the heart because out of your heart that's where either good or or evil evil comes from yeah. people think that <clears throat> evil is all outside of us which there's a lot of evil outside of us but yeah. that evil's coming from uh, inside of us yeah i think that you know getting to the heart I, when i think about the heart i think about emotions <clears throat> i think about having compassion empathy <clears throat> things of that nature for people and you know, for, for quite a few times, um, it says in the Bible that Jesus had compassion mm-hmm. for the individual, and that's why he healed them. You know, he saw the state they were in, and he became sympathetic, and he had compassion for them. And out of his compassion, it led him to use his hands, you know, mm-hmm. to do something. Well, maybe not his hands as much as a miracle, but it caused him to do mm-hmm. something. You know, and to me, having compassion for something that leads to no action, is that really compassion? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, I feel sorry for you, but you don't do anything to help me. I don't know. Is yeah. that really compassion? Yeah, now I don't we're getting know. into the hands. Yeah, too. but I'm just but saying. So, all but but I think it lead like the yeah. heart. If the heart isn't changed first, then oh, you can't yeah, have yeah. no hands. Yeah. yeah. So like even when you say like you don't know yeah. if the order is right, or if there is an order, like I think it starts with learning mm-hmm. what needs to be done. The second thing, like the heart needs to be impacted. Mm. And once the heart is impacted, then it leads to hands yeah. because it leads to action. Yeah. And I know that's how it was in my life. Yeah. I started having compassion for things that I cared less about before. Um, and even I, and my compassion even led me to stop doing things mm-hmm. I was doing because it was harming mm-hmm. people. So, again, like how does that play out? Um there's a lot of things in scripture that help us understand. It gives us the biblical mm-hmm. reason, right? It's like, why do we do what we do? It's because the Bible teaches us mm-hmm. to do it. Okay, well, practically, what does that look like? Again, to me, it goes to demonstrating it. You know, so for instance, like the lady I was talking to on the phone at the bank, like it was difficult for me to understand her because English wasn't her first mm-hmm. language. And so that was the first thing that kind of, well, the first thing that rubbed me the wrong way was that I couldn't pay my gas bill because it's rejecting my car. Mm-hmm. So I had an attitude, and I had an attitude before because my car got rejected a few days ago mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I had a double attitude, and now I'm talking to a lady that I can't quite understand, and then she's asking me questions that <laughs> unless I was in front of a computer with my account pulled up, there's no way yeah. I can give that information. Yeah. And so I'm just going down a slope, right, of mm-hmm. just getting more and more angry. And I can't help but think that if there would have been, like if you would have been in the car with me, you might even say, man, it's cool, it's cool, brother, like, you know, don't kill the messenger or like, mm-hmm. you know, don't forget like to represent Christ. And that would have been good for me. Right. Because my heart wasn't in the right place. Mm-hmm. But to have someone speak that into me 
would have been helpful for me, um, even though the Holy Spirit was was um, impacting my life, kind of you know bringing me out of that. Mm-hmm. To have someone with me would have helped even more to encourage me to mm-hmm. to love that person despite what's going on in my flesh. Mm-hmm. And so the only way you get that is through experience. Mm-hmm. So I could see the parent. I've been in people's houses when they're like talking crazy to their kids, you know, and it's like, wow, like. Mm-hmm. Then I'm in a situation maybe want to talk crazy. Yeah. I've been in situations where I see a person be gentle and kind and loving and discipline their kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, like that's it. So I'm mm-hmm. seeing the example, you know, and that's impacting my yeah. heart and it's showing me there's a different way. So yeah. how do you get at someone's heart? Like if you're discipling someone and you see them do something or behave a certain way, um, Transparency. We need to be able to be transparent yeah. and have be accountable with people. Um, well, I think I think it starts with the, like if the person like me, I knew what Scripture says about mm-hmm. the words I was using attitude mm-hmm. I had, right? So it would have been somebody encouraging me. Remember, remember, mm-hmm. remember. If I if you're dealing with a person that doesn't know, mm-hmm. then it's inform, inform, inform. Like, and maybe it wouldn't have taken place in the moment, but after the call, it would have been like, man, how do you feel about that mm-hmm. call? Like, do you do you feel like the attitude you had and the mm-hmm. words you used, do you feel like they were good? If you had to pick good or bad, what would you choose? Mm-hmm. You know, and I maybe they'd say, uh, probably bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's look and see what Scripture says. You know, so it would be, if it's something that mm-hmm. they don't know about, it's pointing them to what Scripture mm-hmm. does say. Because if they genuinely have a heart for God and a desire to know Scripture and put it mm-hmm. into action, then they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna eat that up. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go, oh wow, I didn't know that. Now let me mm-hmm. try to practice this mm-hmm. thing I've learned. There's another ha- side to that coin. We have to know the heart of God on these, but we mm-hmm. also have to know our own hearts, and that's mm-hmm. I I think we get to the heart of the person and the other side of the coin by asking the question why. Like you can never ask that question too much. Mm -hmm. So it's like, why did you act like that? Why do you think that upset you so much? Mm, And maybe I'm, I hate to use your example, but I'm just, it's it's the one that's that's sitting right in front of me, but like, and I'll make up things, but I could say, why did you get angry? Cause like, I wouldn't have got angry for Mm -hmm. instance. And, and maybe that's more my fault. Why wouldn't I have gotten angry? Maybe there's something there, but just hypothetically like why did you get angry and you could think to yourself hmm well because they shouldn't have done that why shouldn't they have done that well because and maybe you could keep asking the question why and it goes all the way down to i don't know um make something there could could be something down there like Mm -hmm. well i should be treated this way and no one ever respects me maybe Mm -hmm. that's the um the bottom and you just help help Discipling the heart is getting at, um, getting at that heart in that sense that you help someone understand their motives and why they're doing things, and help spot their mm, blind that's spots. Good, that's good. You know. Yep, that's good. Because, um, yeah, we can't we can't see what we can't see, and yeah. having other people in our lives to ask those why questions. Um, and as we've said before, the scripture is a good mirror to show us who we are. Uh, people around us are a good mirror, and then praying is a good mirror to show us mm-hmm. some of those things too. So, um, yeah, 
Want to move to the hands? Yeah, yeah. So we hand got section. Head, head, heart, heart now hands. hands. So this goes into like, yeah, getting the person involved. And I like what you said about life on life and bringing people to the grocery store. And that's something that uh, like when I was more actively discipling people in ministry and teaching people how to disciple other people, I would say to those people, take them with you in places like Take them to a game. Take them shopping. Take them. Work on your car together. Mm-hmm. You know, because getting getting hands involved is, is is crucial. It's like that. Learning the playbook, but then actually uh, doing the playing. Yeah, I think an important thing to kind of circle back to the beginning when I mentioned don't try to like secretly disciple someone. Mm-hmm. Like have the conversation with them because for each person, there's a different. There's an amount of sacrifice that's gonna have to take place, you know. Like me coordinating my schedule with somebody else so we can go to the grocery store together. Like maybe I have to do it on a different day that doesn't work best for me, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to yeah, sacrifice even the something else to of do the time it. Is yeah, part it, of the discipleship. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. mean, there's a sacrifice that yeah. has to be yeah. made, you know. And I think that um, if we are to disciple someone, this works with women as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't have, I wouldn't advise maybe each gender discipling outside of their gender. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, and, it, and it's not like men can't learn from women and women can't learn mm-hmm. from men. I don't mean that. I just mean that there's a dynamic. If, if I'm a man, and I'm discipling a woman. That's not my wife. Yeah. Like, am I opening the door? Who knows? Yeah. But is it the, that. is yeah. that the most God honoring thing? Mm-hmm. There should be plenty of sisters that can disciple mm-hmm. other sisters that I don't have to be mm-hmm. the one doing it. And so that's what I believe and that's what I practice for my own personal mm-hmm. reason and for my good spiritual mm-hmm. health. And so um, I would say if you, if like hypothetically, if you were a newer believer and, and I saw you and went to church and we kind of like liked each other, I said, mm-hmm. hey bro, like, you know, I see that you're, you know, somewhat new to the faith, man. I would like to, you know, share some of my life with you mm-hmm. um, and just share some experiences of stuff that I've learned that works and some stuff that don't mm-hmm. work. You know, if that's something that's cool. And if you say, yeah, like before you say yes, like go talk to your wife mm-hmm. before I come to, to you. I'm going to go talk to my wife because our spouses need to know because there is going to be a level of um you know, sacrifice that mm-hmm. needs to be made. So each spouse needs to be aware because mm-hmm. it can put a little bit of a strain on on time yeah. in the family. But I mean, God has given us the time we have and it's mm-hmm. up to us to to say, hey, I'm going to live out the Great Commission by going to make disciples because Jesus told us to. Mm-hmm. And if that means yeah. I can't watch a show or I can't be in a bowling league, then you know what? So be it. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just for a season. But. You know, I'm not going to do that. Or, again, you can be creative, right? So you can sacrifice fun stuff you like to do and mm-hmm. do something and with somebody with else. Them. Or you can yeah. invite them to the fun yeah. thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. it, like, we can, we can be creative about our discipleship mm-hmm. and doing life together. But we need to approach the person and tell them. And we need to talk to our mm-hmm. spouses to inform them. Because we don't want to, like, all of a sudden... Like we're doing stuff with this guy and it seems like I know probably my wife would probably be like, man, you've been hanging out with so-and-so and -and so-and-so a lot. You know, and it's like, well, if I tell her, hey, this is what I'm doing and we sit down and plan Mm -hmm. how it's going to work, then you don't get that. And they Mm -hmm. understand and they can support you Mm -hmm. instead of being like, what the heck is going on here? And the other part of this is if you're one, if you want to follow Jesus, you need to find somewhere to serve. 
you need to put your hands. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the most obvious take on the mm-hmm. hands. Yeah. Like, yep. how, what are you doing to live out your Christian faith? What ministry do you have? There's all kinds of things out there yeah, that, that, that you can get involved yeah, that in. That eats me up, man. Like prison ministry, <laughs> yeah. like for instance. All kinds of ministries you can get involved in yeah. out there. And a healthy disciple will be doing things. Yeah, it eats me up because either, A, Christians aren't doing nothing, or they're not doing nothing, but they, they pick some random thing they do every blue moon and say, I yeah. do. And it's like, you know, I'm not into arguing. You know, I mean, I am, but I'm not. Yeah. It's not good. Because I want to call BS. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I go, I go and serve, feed my starving children four times a year. That's great you do that, but that's... It's a pretty low bar. That is low bar. I run the Chicago Marathon. Okay, for World Vision. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you're sacrificing by running, which is a Mm -hmm. big deal to train. Then you go run a marathon, and so I'm not knocking that. But, I mean, is that really serving? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can make an argument for it, but to me, like, I would say there's plenty of other things that you can be hands-on in helping. Mm -hmm. You know, and, 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 yeah, and so... Yeah, I, I wouldn't count that, but I'm not the judge of that. You know, I mm-hmm. can judge for myself. I wouldn't count that for me. Mm-hmm. But I think that we need to, when I say we, like we as believers in Jesus, we need to, like, come clean with ourselves and be honest and say, man, you know, I do things, but I do them when I'm available and when it's easy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you feel? You know, I want to say, how do you feel about that? You know, do you feel good that mm-hmm. you only do things that – suit you when it's convenient mm-hmm. and when it's easy you know there's all kinds of needs out there yeah i mean and i, and I like to compare the hands of doing with jesus's feet in walking to the cross mm-hmm. hmm. because he didn't take the easy way out yeah he took the most difficult road yeah you know and he showed us when he prayed and he was sweating blood mm-hmm. you know and then he or, you know and then he prayed and he said father there's any way let this yeah. cup of suffering pass from me yeah and it's like in the flesh like who wants to he was all in yeah who <laughs> wants to die but like he knew that yeah. i'm gonna go do yeah. this i even think of like and, and this and kind of enriches and informs our understanding what discipleship is i think of when jesus involvement with his disciples like almost immediately when you're reading it's like they're bumbling idiots and they're learning from him (laughs) these new truths but then suddenly all of a sudden it says and then jesus sends them out on their own missionary journeys with nothing but like the shoes on their feet and it's like and you're reading along you're like they're not ready yet they're not ready. They're going to blow it. It's like, of course they're not ready. Of course they're going to blow it. The only way to get ready <laughs> is to uh, go out there and do it. Yeah, and, and, a person and knew could, that. a person could say, well, if anybody was ready, at least with the head part, it would have been the Pharisees. They was whacked out of their mind yeah. compared to the disciples. I mean, you want the disciples coming to go make disciples, or you want the Pharisees yeah, to go make disciples. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to choose these disciples 10 times out of 10. But the Pharisees knew more. They did know more. And to me, that's the recipe, right? Mm -hmm. It's not how much you know Mm -hmm. that caused you to go Mm -hmm. make a disciple. So don't wait. Yeah. Don't wait. People sit on the sideline forever Mm -hmm. because they're not ready. That's where all of the, that's where your heart, where the heart comes in because because your heart, like you said, motivates you to to do what, you know, your head is telling you to do Mm -hmm. and then to put your hands in the use. So many people sit on the sideline and it's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, the danger, though, with the hands is to be doing too much, neglecting your head, neglecting your heart, and um, 
and to, and to think you're okay because you're serving so much. Yeah, and I think it could be a, it can lead to a false sense of like I'm doing great, yeah. you know, which can lead to pride and arrogance. Maybe you know? you're serving for all the wrong heart reasons, yeah, <laughs> and all yeah. the wrong head reasons too. Yeah, yeah, you're just right. going through the motions because you're you're being obedient to the word, but your heart really, you know, your yeah. heart really ain't in it. You know, it's just like, well, this is what I'm yeah. supposed to do. Yeah, and maybe your head is sending you the incorrect message of, in order to be saved and loved by God, I need to serve. Yeah. And so then that's the signal, mm. the untruth that's being sent through your heart to your hands and yeah. you're serving for all the wrong and reasons. that's not the gospel. That's why you can't divorce them from each other. Amen. These three areas. So the last area is home. The home, right? baby. Head, heart, hands, and home. And I have in mind two homes here, mm-hmm. and that is your personal home and your church home. Mm. So right we need both of these areas to be healthy disciples. Um, Paul is pretty clear in his letter to Timothy that... The, uh, our relationships at home, whether it's with parents or our kids or whoever, whoever we live with, roommates, those home relationships are very, uh, they're crucial and important. I mean, they, they can't be neglected. So just listen to this. Paul says, he says, the person must manage his household well. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he be able to care for God's church? That's 1 Timothy 3, 4, and 5. And then he says a little bit later in 1 Timothy 5, 8, he says, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Mm. This pretty, he's pretty clear. Like our, our discipleship, our ministry, the work of our hands starts at home. Yeah. Like, and we can't bypass that just to go out there and, and get the fame and glory of serving out and other people no, if we're right. if we're an idiot and rude and unchristian at home then it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything yeah no you're right man and, that's, and that definitely you know hits home for me and has for in me the past too. because in my pursuit of loving and being obedient to christ i've been very zealous for making disciples mm-hmm. having overlooked my family yeah those right around you yep. yeah you know so um yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, it has to start there first. And it's easier to start outside of you. It's harder to start at home. Yeah, because when in the home, everybody sees the good, bad, and ugly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then it's this dynamic of, well, you're saying this and acting this way now, but what about this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, like, I get it. Like, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's not good what I said or what I did. And I'm, I'm like, I'm still a work in progress mm-hmm. in that area. And it's, it's difficult sometimes for people to like accept that and get past that mm-hmm. because they're seeing you try to operate in a godly mm-hmm. way. But then they also see you at times act in an ungodly mm-hmm. way. And there's very little charity mm-hmm. in situations like that, because I think we need to. Re- and that's, that that shows a lack of spiritual maturity for a person mm-hmm. to have an attitude like that. You know, like with you and I's interaction, if if I see like you see me act a certain way. Like, if you see me sin, like, it's not that you're going to just let it go, but you're not going to say, well, man, I thought you was this, but you did that and all you was faking. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like, I'm, man, I, I need work in that area. Like, yeah. would you pray yeah. for me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. you beat me over the head about mm-hmm. it. That ain't going to help, but mm-hmm. prayer is going to help. Encouragement mm-hmm. is going to help me. Mm-hmm. You know, holding me accountable is going to help. But beating me in the head with a truth mm-hmm. that I already know. Yeah. It's not. It's gonna make me have animosity mm-hmm. towards you, and it's not gonna help me draw mm-hmm. closer to Christ. But when it comes to our homes, if we live, 
if we start to uh, really become much different than we are at home, then that's bumper sticker faith. I mean, that's what that's what it leads to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being being fake. So um, just a, just a great encouragement to for people to, and maybe that could be your your ministry if that's where you need to start at yeah. first. Yep. Amen. Start Amen. there. Um, but then church home is a second home. So Ooh, man. a disciple, let me just say this, a disciple has to go to church. Yeah. If you're going to be a disciple, there's it's the, there's no such thing as a disciple who, who doesn't uh, go to church. You, ha- you have to. You have to participate in the life of the church. You're a member of that body. Mm-hmm. Just like my body has fingers and toes. Yeah. Uh, that you're part of the body. I don't, I don't know what else to say. You have to go to an online church. Is not church. No, it's not church, man. It's not. You just listen to a sermon. Yeah, that, it's just head. That's all it is. Yep. Maybe a little bit of heart, but that's yeah. all it is. So. Um, I totally agree. I don't have nothing to add to that. That's, yeah. a, that's a mic dropper right there. What yeah. you just said. Yeah. The danger with it, though, with it in the home area is. When you're part of unhealthy home systems, like whether the home that you're living in or if your church home is unhealthy, yeah, then um, that's a danger because uh, maybe you need to get out of those situations yep. Yep. if they're abusive or uh, or just wrong or bad, right? Yeah, so, absolutely, so, absolutely. So that's a danger. So head, heart, hands, and home. Mm, head, heart, hands, and home. Discipleship, baby. Discipleship. Yeah. Are you currently in a relationship with someone of discipleship you know i heard on moody radio years ago i can't remember what what preacher said it but he said i think it might have been tozer some old tozer mm-hmm. recording or something or maybe it was lutzer and it said you know every believer in jesus should have someone pouring into them and them pouring into someone mm-hmm. and that's always stuck with me and it always will because i, I always picture like a pitcher pouring into a cup that then gets full mm-hmm. and kind of tilts and pours over into another mm-hmm. cup and then it just a stream keeps going from this one to that mm-hmm. one and if you look at the stream that's pouring to you that person will have one and so it's almost like mm-hmm. well where where is the top where is the picture mm-hmm. the picture is jesus yeah like yeah. the not the picture but the picture yeah. of like yeah. the liquid yeah. is jesus pouring into somebody's cup who's mm-hmm. pouring into somebody else's cup mm-hmm. who's pouring into somebody else's cup and it's a beautiful picture that you mm-hmm. can see down the line, you yep. know, and it's much like a Paul and Timothy, like having a spiritual yep. child. We need to stay in that stream. Mm-hmm. We need to stay in, in the stream, flow. stay yep. in the stream. Yep. So so question to think about who is pouring into you and who are you pouring mm-hmm. into? Who's discipling you and who are you discipling? And if, if the answer is no one for either or both, then I would I would say, like, in my humble opinion, you need to step your game up. Mm-hmm. You know, being obedient to the word and and helping people know Christ and then encouraging them to then make disciples. And guess what? The reason I'm convinced of this. And this Mm -hmm. is all I got. Last thing I got to (laughs) say, I'm convinced that people aren't discipling people Mm -hmm. because they weren't discipled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm convinced of. I am totally convinced because when somebody has done it for you, the natural step is for you to do that same thing. You know, now now the only caveat is if it was like a terrible thing that happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because terrible things do yeah. happen. But, you know, that doesn't negate the idea of discipleship. Mm-hmm. It's just that maybe the person like wasn't ready to be a discipler or like yeah. was doing some unethical or yep. sinful things. Yep. But the concept is there and you know it. And yeah. so maybe you can step up and disciple 
because you're not that way, so mm-hmm. no one else does yeah. that to somebody and you else. you can incorporate your new knowledge into that new relationship. Boom. That's right. That's you right. You know what to avoid. That's right. Yeah. Mm. right. I, think, I think that's it, man. That's it. Hope you short, guys. Short and sweet discipleship. This, You know what, man? I'm going to say out of all of our episodes, man, this is my favorite one. Yeah. Just because it's the most important topic. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything that I do in my life, the framework is discipleship. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always ca- trying to keep that in mind. And I'm always trying to learn from others. And I'm always trying to help others mm-hmm. learn. But then I got specific discipleship situations that and I'm in. And you're with like extreme ex- examples of people wh- where it's like you're around some people in prisons and jails. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's obvious that they need disciple because ca- mm-hmm. their lives are so outwardly messed yeah. up yep. but guess what they're almost easier because you can see what the issues are <laughs> well you know well not necessarily everyone needs a i cycle. mean they, they may have had an issue that led them to be locked up but That's i don't know true. what it is right That's true and i see them for a small period of time yeah. and sometimes they may act out in a certain way and i'm like whoa 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 whoa, wait a minute but for the most part they on their good behavior when i'm there so i don't see a lot of that stuff but there is but issue. i know it exists yeah and, and they do too now that they're and I have to go first yeah. by using examples, either that currently happened or yeah. that happened in the past to get them to open up. Mm-hmm. So I don't see it literally with my eyes, but we get down to it because I model what my life experience is yeah. in that topic. And then it gets them to open up. Yeah. So that's how I end up knowing about yeah. it. Yeah. But they like little kids when, when mommy and daddy come home. They're all like sweet little <laughs> angels, you know, with cookies in their pocket and the family like dog they didn't lost it and they're not saying nothing like they're innocent. So but we end up getting to it. Yeah. So Well, thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about us at bumperstickerfaith.com. We're on uh, Apple and Spotify and YouTube, obviously. That's right. Check us out, man. Pass as long. If you if you conversate about discipleship, uh, pass it on to some other people. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe you learn something. Maybe we need to learn something. So pass mm-hmm. us some information along. Um, but the most important thing is who's pouring into you and who are you pouring into? Who's mm-hmm. discipling you and who are you discipling? I think that's something we really need to ask ourselves mm-hmm. and we need to get on board with that. Yeah. So, man, thanks for joining us today, man. Y'all have a good day and don't go stepping in no BS. All right, peace. <laughs>